Walt Whitman wrote, when I heard the learned astronomer, when the proofs and figures were ranged in columns before me, when I was shown the charts and diagrams to add, divide, and measure them, when I sitting heard the astronomer where he lectured with much applause in the lecture room, how soon unaccountable I became tired and sick, till rising and gliding out, I wandered off by myself in the mystical moist night air, and from time to time looked up in perfect silence at the stars. That poem is favored by a lot of preachers at Epiphany, not just because it talks about the beauty of the stars, but because it tells us something about how we should read this text. We read the story of the Magi every single year. Every epiphany, it is the gospel reading. And so as you might expect, it has been well dissected and mythologized and analyzed. There are even scholarly papers written about what kind of astronomical event might have caused the star to travel east to west instead of. We've looked at all the details of this story. But you know that old saying, you can miss the forest for the trees? This is one of these stories that if we're only caught up in the tiny details of the kings and the gifts and how the star moved, we miss the wonder. We miss the truth the story is trying to tell us. At its core, this isn't a story about what color the wise men were or how many there were or even what they brought to the king. It's a story about people who are looking for something. And I think we can all tell stories about people who are looking for something, right? So the first and most obvious people looking for something in the story are the wise men. How many wise men? Aha, I hear it in the back. There's my biblical scholar. We don't know, three gifts, X number of wise men. We, a group of wise men, all we know about them is that they come a very long way. They could have traveled as many as two years searching for this child. They come from the east, which means they're probably not Jewish. And they come bearing very very expensive gifts. They have seen a star. Now in the ancient world, all of the ancient world, stars, comets, astronomical events, they were often associated with the birth of a great king or a leader. So they know they are looking for someone important, someone who will change the world. They sacrifice their time, their energy, their money, and they go searching but they don't go straight to Bethlehem, right? Did you catch that? They go first to Jerusalem. These men undertake a major, and they are men, sorry ladies, they undertake a major journey and don't know exactly what they're looking for. They are just willing to trust that a wondrous thing has happened and they are called to be a part of it. And what they find is a God incarnate. Pretty wondrous, 
On their way there, they meet another group of men who are looking for something. They go to the chief priests, the elders, the scribes, we might call them the Pharisees. Now, if there's ever anyone who knew all of the details, the charts, the dates, the times, the prophetic references to where the Messiah would appear, it ought to be the scribes. And they can. When the wise men say, where will we find the Christ? They go, in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2. We can point to it right here. We read it two weeks ago, remember? These were men who knew every minute detail. They thought they knew exactly what the Messiah was going to look like, where he was going to come from. He would be from David's line. He would take on Rome. He would rebuild the temple. He would do all of these things. They had built the nice little box. They had analyzed every chart. But when the star appears over the town they know, what do they do? Nothing. They don't go. They don't make a visit. Apparently, they haven't even warned Herod very uh, adequately, because he seems a little surprised when Magi show up on his door. They have spent so long focusing on the details like a learned astronomer that when the wonder is before them, they miss it, because it doesn't look exactly like what they're searching for. And if we play the Paul Harvey game, right, we tell the rest of the story, they will spend the next 33 years missing the point with Jesus. How many times does he say, look, the law says this, I fulfilled it this way, and they go, merp? How many times are they met with confusion because they are looking for something very particular that is not the way God wants to work it out? They are looking for their story to be fulfilled. But God is ready to tell a new story. And then there's Herod. Herod is not at all confused about what he's looking for. Sometimes we like to gloss over Herod's portion in this story because the lecturer really only wants to tell us about half. But when the wise men come, they come to his court. They do not bow down to Herod, king of the Jews. Instead, they ask him about a new king who ought to have been born. Pause for a moment and imagine that you are Herod. To give you a little help, who was Herod? Herod had been born to a family that had converted to Judaism in order to rule over the Jewish people. Not your best reasons for conversion. So you didn't have a lot of trust amongst the temple leaders. In the absence of trust, how can any good leader impose their will? They crack down. They drive the thumb. This is Peter's motion. Herod relied on the power of Rome. He relied on his own willingness to be cruel, even brutal. He took a second wife and dismissed his first. He probably murdered portions of his own family. He enslaved his own people to do these massive building projects, some of them in the name of religion. This was not a man with a lot of qualms, but it was a man who was very clear about his goal in life. He had power, and he was going to keep it. 
So when foreign kings show up asking for directions to the king of the Jews, and they clearly don't mean Herod, little threatened. Go home this week and read the rest of the story. Herod is willing to commit heinous acts of violence to protect his own power and comfort. He is looking for that baby, but not to do honor, not to bow down. He is looking to protect what he thinks is rightfully his. He lives a life of violence and pain. And very shortly after this story, he will die a fairly painful death and see his kingdom pass to his children who don't do such a great job because they learned lessons from their father. In some ways, he gets exactly what he's looking for. He protects everything that's his so well that it can't transfer to the next generation. It's strange that we miss the wonder in this story sometimes. We are, after all, a people who are looking for something, but you know, Wesley says, beware the stories you think you know. We tell this story every year, every epiphany. Maybe we miss how strange it was that a star moved. Maybe we miss how strange it was that Gentile wise men from far, far away would come to find a baby, a toddler. I don't know about you, but I never showed up with frankincense to a baby shower. (laughs) Odd gifts, gifts probably worth more than Mary would ever, ever make in a lifetime. There is strangeness and wonder in this story if we look for it. And I think it is really appropriate to tell this story at the beginning of the year. How many of you have already seen the join the gym now, set your resolution? (laughs) How many of you have already failed at your resolution? (laughs) It's January 3rd, I know how that feels. We We all start the year looking for something and that's what this story challenges us. As you look out across the next 363 days, because it's leap year, what will you be looking for? It's easy, like the Pharisees, to get caught up in the details of life. There are meals that have to be planned and kids that have to be taken care of. There are boxes that we have made and perfect holidays to get through. And you can lose the wonder of what God might be calling you to in the rote of doing the same thing again and again and again. We don't like to admit it, but like Herod, it is tempting to protect what is ours, to look for ways to secure our own comfort, our own power, our own position. But we know that that isn't the way God's story plays out. Instead, it is really the most unlikely characters. Strange kings from a strange land bearing very strange gifts who were willing to sacrifice their gifts, their time, their lives to 
see God do a new and wondrous thing. And they didn't even know what it was gonna be. My favorite image of the Magi coming to visit is Caravaggio's, uh, because it isn't pretty, and it isn't the manger. It is a 20-something-year-old woman with a two-year-old on her hip, and he looks like he just had lunch. You know what that looks like. And three old men who look very surprised to find themselves where they are, but that don't miss a beat. They bow down, and they pay homage. And they are forever changed by that moment because they go home by a different road. The wonder of Epiphany is that it illuminates new paths for the years to come. It challenges us to say, what will you look for? Will you seek the ways of God? Will you be a part of the wonder? Will you step out even where you don't know what you will find? And are you so prepared to be changed that you will go a different road if that is what is required? That is what it means to encounter Emmanuel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, Chapelwood United Methodist Church exists to help ourselves and others take their next step in their faith journey with Christ. Uh, for some of us, that's about uh, finding a commitment uh, and making it. For some, that commitment's been made uh, and you have a great legacy in it. Uh, but finding a way to take that next step uh, to experience um, the birth of the Savior, to see that the star illumines a new set of paths that might lead you closer to the heart of God. Uh, those are exciting opportunities, and I do hope that you'll be taking those next steps. One of them could be starting with the upper room today. Uh, I heard that the upper room actually talks about first steps, and so if you're looking for a devotional uh, to use for 2016, you can find them on the uh, back table uh, here on the right-hand side. Also, I want to invite you uh, to join us for uh, the first sermon series of the year, starting on January the 17th. Uh, if you've been feeling washed out, wrung out, uh, kind of put through the ringer, uh, sometimes the holidays can make you feel that way. Well, then this is the series for you to talk about the redemptive power of a relationship with God, about the restorative nature um, of an opportunity to experience something holy. I hope that you'll come. I hope that you'll bring others. Uh, invite a friend. This is a great time uh, to experience worship together. Uh, if today's the day that you'd like to join the church, I hope that you'll come down during our closing hymn, which is We Three Kings. Uh, we'd love to have you join the congregation. Uh, David Hill, why don't you uh, come and lead us in We Three Kings? I got nothing. That was good. Yeah. 
So Diane Hill is our Stephen minister um, representing, uh, rep representing Stephen ministry today. If you'd like someone to pray with you or for you um, or to arrange care for yourself or someone else, um, uh, Diane uh, Hill is uh, uh, ready to do that uh, with you. I do hope that you know that the time of a beginning of a, of a new year is a great time to engage um, the care of a Stephen minister. Stephen ministers are not just about difficult things or, or sad things. They're also uh, ways to um, help uh, with a, a new celebration, uh, a new change in life. And so uh, I do hope uh, that you'll take advantage of the wonderful Stephen ministers that we have here in this congregation. But for now, why don't you grab a hand next to you uh, for our closing benediction. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give thanks that you've created us to have a heart that searches for you. And so Lord, in the midst of our searching, may we be restless until we find our rest in you. And may you create moments of stars that we might follow as we seek out the new paths that we find in experiencing you. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.